Welcome back, Giants fans. It is finally over. We can kind of rejoice in a way because we don't have to sit down every Sunday and watch horrendous football, embarrassing football. And honestly, ever since like the Dolphins game, which is probably like five games ago from now, it just felt like every time you sat down to watch a Giants game, you just knew what you were getting into. And it was going to be ugly. It was going to be bad, unwatchable. But as the sick fans that we are, we just continue to watch this team because that's what fandom is. You know, it's just unfortunately when your team stinks, you still have to watch it because that's what being a fan is. So I am happy in a way that it's over. The Giants finish a uh, the season 4-13, and a season that was supposed to be playoffs or bust or at least, you know, show some signs in the win column or bust but this team has their worst season since what 2018 no 2017 when they went three and 13 um there are variables i know they faced injuries and all that but i'm not going to sit here and act like this team is only bad because of the injuries this team was bad before the injuries you know blake martinez got hurt in like week three the giants already started 0 and three by that point so i mean you know they were already on track to be a bad team they had daniel jones up until they were four and nine i believe so i'm not going to sit here and be that guy who completely blames the injuries. There were a ton of reasons why this team was not good, and it's not because of bad luck. The Giants built themselves a football team that had a ton of flaws, and we didn't want to believe it. We should have saw it coming when they were signing offensive linemen off the street days before the regular season started, so that was like a red flag right away. So a lot of things went wrong. The coaching stunk. A lot of the players either didn't perform the way we wanted them to or they got hurt. Um... Yeah, just a lot of stuff went bad. So um, it's unfortunate, and I think big changes need to happen. Now, based on some of the reports that are coming out, big changes may be happening. So obviously, we know Dave Gettleman is as good as gone. He's been gone for a long time, in my opinion. So Dave Gettleman will probably retire, quote-unquote, tomorrow. So we have that going for us. But there are more reports surfacing that Joe Judge may be out the door as well. So I'm not exactly sure about that right now, but Jay Glazer had a report. We'll talk about that in a second. But Joe Judge's uh, future here definitely seems in question. So I don't know if we'll have Judge news tomorrow, but I feel like at some point in the next week or two, we'll find out about the future of Joe Judge. So let's get into the general notes. We always start with the offensive notes, but I don't think many people care about the game itself. We want to talk about the future of the Giants, the offseason coming up. We'll talk about the game last so we'll put the good stuff first here for you guys so the general notes jay glazer who has like a good batting average when it comes to the giants usually gets stuff right he said that joe judge has a 25 percent chance of returning with the giants in 2022 now that's interesting because if you listen to what he said this morning this morning he said joe judge has a 50 percent chance of staying now it's down to 25 so maybe did this loss do something to hurt his chances i would hope not because if that's the case that's pretty that's a pretty bad way to manage a team, to really put much into this Week 17 or Week 18 meaningless game versus Washington. So I don't know why it would change that much, but now he's down to 25%. And Jay Glazer has kind of earned the trust of Giants fans. I'm not getting my hopes up personally. I am basically 50-50 right now, but um, it does seem there's a real chance that Joe Judge could be out. Glazer also said they want him gone, quote-unquote. So they probably meaning John Mara, some of the other front office guys, some of the players maybe want Joe Judge gone. So it doesn't seem like Judge is safe right now. I'll put it that way. And maybe we do wake up tomorrow when Judge is fired. I don't know, but we'll find out what happens here in the near future. Now, Paul Schwartz wrote an article, and one of the interesting parts of that article said 
that John Mara was irritated by what Joe Judge said in week 17. So if you guys go back to last week at this point, Joe Judge had that 10-11 minute rant basically throwing other teams under the bus, throwing his, uh, the Giants' former coaches under the bus, and that really irritated John Mara apparently. So the funny part is that, John, uh, that Joe Judge probably had this job locked up for next year. Like Joe Judge was safe for year three, but Joe Judge had to open his big mouth, and now he's got himself really on the hot seat. Like I do think if he just kept his mouth shut, didn't have that rant last week, Joe Judge probably is back for next year. But the fact that he opened his mouth and threw people under the bus and all that, John Mayer is really considering his future with the Giants. And it seems like Joe Judge may not be here next year. So if you remember, he was talking about how the culture is great here. The foundation's being set up. This is not a clown show. He was throwing Washington's team under the bus. He was throwing Pat Shermer, Ben McAdoo under the bus. And now it might come back to bite him in the ass. So as a person that wants Joe Judge fired, I find that hilarious. I do hope that his rant gets him fired, honestly. But it should be more than that. Like, it should not have taken the rant to get him fired. He should have been fired you know, even before the rant was, even before the rant even happened, like Joe Judge was that bad. This team has been run so poorly and it's not just the injuries. So many people want to point to, oh, they're playing with a practice squad roster. How can you win? It's more than that. Like there was an example today of how they had only 10 players in the huddle and they had to call a timeout. How many false starts do we see every week? Like they're like running the quarterback sneak from the four yard line, which we'll talk about later. It's just things like that. Like there's things he does in the game where it doesn't matter who the players are. There's things he does in the game, the timeout management, the fourth down management where it's like, I don't care who's on the field. This guy makes terrible decisions. He says like just things in the pressers that are wrong. Like he'll go out there and say like, oh, we had great field position today when his punter punts for 35 yards per punt and, and stupid stuff like that. So it's not just a, oh, he has injuries on his roster. Oh, there's a lack of talent here. It's like, no, this guy seems completely clueless, is in over his head, and has no idea how to fix the problem. Like, that's what Joe Judd sounds like right now. He sounds like a man that's overwhelmed. And if you're overwhelmed, then, hey, you don't deserve to be the head coach. So he talked his way into this head coaching job, and he might talk himself out of this head coaching job. That's the irony in this whole thing. So we'll find out about Judge. Now, the good news is the Giants do hold the fifth and seventh overall picks in the 2022 NFL draft. So we saw the Bears, I think, were up like 17-7 on Minnesota today. Luckily, Minnesota came back. We, we saw the Justin Jefferson bomb. Luckily, the Vikings won there. So the Bears are now the seventh pick. We have the seventh pick now because we have the Bears pick, and we have our own pick, number five overall. So the Jets, unfortunately, did not win today in Buffalo, so we kind of stayed put where we are. But hey, the fifth and seventh pick is not a bad place to be. A new GM will look at that and say, hey, that's very attractive. Like, hey, let me do what I want with those picks, and I'll take this job. The problem is John Mara might not let that happen. Happen. So that's a, that's a big problem as well. But anyway, fifth and seventh pick. I like seeing that. Um, Joe Judge is the first Giants head coach with a 13 loss season. It should have been Ben McAdoo, but he was fired. Um, I think that's uh, Steve Spagnuolo went like one in three that year to end it off. So yeah, unfortunately for Joe Judge, he has the most losses in a single season as a Giants head coach. And there were a lot of empty seats and booing at MetLife today. I saw some people post pictures from the parking lot. There were barely any cars there. It was like a ghost town. And if you turn on the game in the first quarter, like half the seats were empty. It filled up more in the second quarter, but there were a lot of empty seats um, by kickoff. And that's like not what you want to see, of course. The final game of the season, home game, in-division game. Um, we saw fans with bags over their heads. And, and I have these uh, guys here holding pictures of uh, signs saying, sell the team, pain, um, things like that. So a lot of fans were out there saying things that I'm sure John Mayer did not want to hear. One fan I saw a Twitter video of um, John Mayer was walking into the tunnel and one fan said to John Mara, he goes, we want football people, not your family. And I don't know if he heard that 
said or not, but I, I really hope we did because John Mara has to hear that stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the general stuff. The draft position is good, 5-7, and seven, you love to hear that. I mean, the Joe Judge thing, if you want him fired, is trending in the right direction. It felt like a few weeks ago, it was a long shot that Joe Judge would actually get fired, although we wanted it. But now it seems like, based on the embarrassments the uh, Giants have put themselves uh, through the past four or five games, Joe Judge may actually get fired here. So that's the good news if you want him fired. If you think Joe Judge should stay and it's not all his, all his fault, I get that. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, do I have a good coach or do I have a bad coach? And despite the injuries and all the other crap and the excuses you want to make, the COVID stuff, Joe Judge to me is just not a good head coach. Like he's good at talking sometimes. I think the, uh, the personnel moves have been better since Joe Judge is here. But Joe Judge is not here to be a GM. He's here to be a head coach. And Joe Judge has not been a good head coach. Joe Judge does not inspire the players. He does not, you know, bring anything innovative to this team. He doesn't make them much better. So I don't know what Joe Judge does in a positive way for this team. I don't care about the injuries, the lack of talent. Sure, it doesn't help, but it's it should not be used as a crutch or, or as an excuse as to why Joe Judge has not had a successful year two as the Giants head coach. Now for the offense, we'll talk about that real quick and, and what came from the offense because not much came from the offense, but the Giants did put up seven points, which is rare because we don't score many touchdowns. Now, Jake from um, this was better than his first start. I think his first start came in that game against the, um, it was against the Eagles and Jake Fromm had like a horrendous day, got pulled in like the uh, early third quarter. And Jake Fromm today, it wasn't pretty. He had uh, 15 of 31 passing, so under 50% passing, 103 passing yards, one touchdown, which was great, but two interceptions in the just awful fumble he had like we saw Eli Manning do it once where he had a you know basically just an empty pocket he goes back to pass and, and the ball slips from his hands Jake Fromm did the same thing Washington recovers so that was very ugly of course but you know he did have three turnovers but the one touchdown was nice because luckily for us we have our first wide receiver touchdown for the Giants since week number seven versus Carolina so I, I tweeted this like uh, maybe two weeks ago it got a bunch of likes because I'm sure people were just like they just couldn't believe it because it's actually a crazy stat but this was the first Giants wide receiver touchdown since Dante Pettis in week number seven. So we're talking like, what, two, two and a half months worth of games? A Giants wide receiver has not had a touchdown. We know about the Kenny Galladay not scoring one, Kadarius Toney, but for not one wide receiver to score a touchdown in a span of like 10 games is very bad. It just shows how inept and how much of a joke this offense is. So congrats to Darius Slayton. I mean, for some reason, the safety took a terrible angle and then, you know, he was running like a seam route. He was wide open. So it was a good throw by Fromm, good catch by Slate, and we get ourselves a touchdown, which was nice. I think that cut it to like a 7-12 to 12 game. But then Washington had, um, you know, they, they had Antonio Gibson run for like 90 yards on one drive, it felt like, and they just, you know, took a big lead and it was over. But, um, but yeah, it was good to see them find the end zone again. The running game was terrible for the Giants offense. You know, we were kind of hoping that Saquon Barkley coming off what could have been his best game of the year against Chicago would come back in this game and put up a back-to-back good performances and kind of end on like back-to-back 100-yard games, but that was the opposite of what happened. Barkley had 11 carries for 30 yards, 2.7 per carry. Now, the offensive line was not good run blocking wise, but I just, I was watching this game noticing like 2018 Saquon Barkley makes more things happen with this. Like, I was kind of like, it was sad because like Saquon's not the same guy he used to be, and like it shouldn't be that way because Saquon's still like 24 years old. He's not old, but like 
I don't know. I, I was kind of sad watching it because I, I do realize that if this was 2018 Saquon Barkley, he breaks a couple of those runs, right? The offensive line sucks. I get that. But if this was like the old Saquon, he's probably breaking a couple of these runs. But now it's like he just doesn't get away from certain things and he's not as shifty as he once was, doesn't break the tackles like he did back in 2018. I don't know. But it's kind of sad that he's not the same guy that he used to be. Um, obviously, his future with the Giants is kind of murky. And if they bring in a GM that's very like, you know, analytically driven, understands positional value and realizes that Saquon Barkley might not be a part of the future, Saquon Barkley may be traded. So this is like a storyline that not many people talked about, but this could have in fact been Saquon Barkley's last game as a giant. And same can go for Daniel Jones. A lot of stuff's up in the air with this team. I have no idea what's going to happen, who the GM is going to be. We'll find out that stuff in the future, but I'm just saying this could have been the last Giants game for a few guys. Even Evan Ingram, of course, Will Hernandez, guys like that. So um, definitely some storylines out there for guys who could have um, played their last game as a giant. Even Lorenzo Carter, I forgot to mention as well. So uh, there's also a rushing play. Alex Bachman has a uh, one rush for negative three yards. This play was just like just it summed up the Giants season so perfectly the Giants I think had a fourth and one on Washington's like 20 yard line so they could have went with the field goal of course but they run an end around with Alex Bachman they leave Jamin Davis the first round linebacker for Washington just unblocked and basically Bachman runs the sweep and here's Jamin Davis unblocked and he just rocks his you know what and <laughs> they don't convert on fourth down like it's just such a stupid play call like the Giants have done these end the rounds a few times this year where, like, it's embarrassingly bad. Like, there was that one with Kadarius Toney in week one, I believe, against Denver. I think Darius Slayton had a one where he lost a bunch of yards. Like, some of these Giants end the round plays have gone so poorly that it's just... It's embarrassing. Like, how do you run a fourth and one play, run the sweep, and not block the guy on the edge that you really need to seal off? Like, that's the main guy you have to seal off right there, and you don't even block him. Like, it just makes no sense. So, obviously... Freddie Kitchens had his showcase. Yes, he did not have Daniel Jones for most of it, which, you know, is kind of unfair. I get it. But Freddie Kitchens is not going to be back next year, especially if Joe Judge is fired. No way in hell. So I like Freddie Kitchens. Nice guy. But the offense looked really bad, and he was part of the problem. So um, nobody else receiving-wise was that great. The offensive line didn't really stick out to me in a positive way. The run blocking sucked. Um, I think that they had three sacks allowed in this game. So, yeah, it wasn't good. So the offensive line has to get better. Obviously, the Giants having two top 10 picks and I think like five picks in the top 90 or 100, um, they will have a chance this year to really help their offensive line, draft some young guys, you know, hire the right offensive line coach, which never happens, but just find the right offensive line coach and hopefully we can turn this around because I've made examples before. There's plenty of teams in the NFL that have turned their offensive lines around in one offseason. I talked about the Chiefs last week, you know, the Chargers did it, um, the Colts did it. So there are teams that have done it in the past where they can really, you know, you can really change up your offense offensive line in one offseason and as I said in the past the Giants have the most difficult offensive line position figured out at left tackle with Andrew Thomas and Andrew Thomas had a great year were some games better than others sure but that's pretty much happens for everybody but Andrew Thomas for the most part had a really good uh, second year in a Giants uniform so I'm very excited for his future here obviously he has to stay healthy of course he missed like three games this year but um, for the most part Andrew Thomas was great and I think proved to us as long as he's healthy he will be a franchise left tackle so that was very important that was one of the bigger questions this year is how would Andrew Thomas bounce back from the disappointing rookie year and he was very impressive now for the defense 
it was the usual. The offense is so bad that the defense eventually gets tired, and the Giants' defense did play well for the first half. They held Washington to two field goals, six points at halftime. That's great in this modern-day NFL where a lot of points go on the board, so... It was really good defense in the first half. And by the second half, when Antonio Gibson started getting going, it was tough for them in the second half. So Gibson for Washington, their running back, a former wide receiver, he ended the day with 21 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown, so 7 yards per carry. Even Jonathan Williams, the backup, had 6.4 yards per carry on 7 carries. So not a good day for our run defense. And, you know, for how much Dave Gettleman's invested into the offensive line, we still had Dexter Lawrence and Austin Johnson and Leonard Williams playing. That's not a good look. So... You know, the running game was basically what Washington's offense relied on. Terry McLaurin had a nice game, if I remember, uh, especially in the first half. But the run game killed us in the second half. The Giants defense just got fatigued, and it was over. So, you know, once the opponent scores over 10 points, the Giants offense can't do that. So the game was over once um, Washington had their second touchdown. So that's the unfortunate part. But... It was another big Lorenzo Carter game. I've talked about this for a few weeks now, how he's a free agent. I do want to bring him back now. I hope it's a one-year prove-it deal. I don't want to have to sign him for multiple years because this could all be just like a contract year type thing where a guy starts to play well the past the last couple games until his contract year. So I shouldn't say a couple games. I think Lorenzo Carter had like four or five good games in a row now. So, you know, I do want to re-sign him, but... I also don't want to resign him for a bunch of money where it's like three years, $30 million. Like, I don't think that would be the price tag, but if it's like a one-year, $7, 8000000 million deal, I would do that for Lorenzo Carter. I don't want to miss out on him. If he walks, I get it, but he's also shown enough flashes here in the last month or so coming off the Achilles injury where it's like, hey, maybe we have something here. So we'll see. I do want him back personally, but it all depends on the price tag. We'll find out. He had 10 total tackles, one sack. Xavier McKinney had eight tackles. Um, Logan Ryan had seven and a sack. We saw Leonard Williams have a sack in this game. So nobody defensively was like very impressive. I saw Tay Crowder made a couple nice plays. Jalen Smith continues to play a lot. You know, he's showing off his speed, which is nice. Um, He could be back here next year. Obviously, it's going to be a new coaching staff, most likely. So maybe Jalen Smith does not hang around. But but I would like to see him back next year, honestly. We'll see what they do with that. Um, Obviously, whoever the next GM is probably... Obviously, whoever the next GM is is probably going to come in here and reevaluate the roster, watch tape, and realize who they want to keep, who they don't want to keep. So if they see a lot in Jalen Smith, maybe they keep him. I don't know. But yeah, for the defense, I mean, there's not much else to say, honestly. I mean, that was pretty much it. They played very well the first half and broke down in the second half because the offense is really bad. So completely understandable. So I wrote some notes in my phone, just stuff I wanted to talk about. We talked about the empty seats. We talked about the Alex Bachman jet sweep. We talked about, oh, Xavier McKinney almost had an interception in this game. Um, I know a lot of people don't watch the games anymore. I don't blame him. But Xavier McKinney was basically had an interception. And then Washington's wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, just blasted him and knocked the ball out of his hand. So it was a great play by McLaurin acting like the safety on that play. But almost another interception there for McKinney. But still, overall, really good year number two for the uh, former second-round pick, McKinney. Love seeing that as well. So honestly, McKinney and Thomas had really good year twos. The 2020 class, just based on that alone, is looking pretty good so far. So if if Gettleman got one draft class right, then hey, good for him. I'll take that. It's better than nothing. Um, I talked about the Giants calling a timeout because they had 10 players in the huddle. So Dan Duggan tweeted this, that fullback Eli Penny tried to run late onto the field, but there was a lot of confusion. The play clock got low. They had to call a timeout. So more just confusion and ineptitude by the Giants coaching staff and just, yeah, just not having guys ready. Um, I didn't talk about this in depth, but I want to talk about it more. So 
the Giants had a third and eight on their own four-yard line, and they ran a quarterback sneak. They ran back-to-back quarterback sneaks, actually, so I mentioned this briefly. The Giants were on the four-yard line, which you're four yards away from the end zone, right? You're not that close. It's kind of close, but you're not that close. And Joe Judge has displayed so much of a lack of confidence in his offense that he ran a quarterback sneak on a third and eight on his own four-yard line. Not the two, not the one, the four-yard line. I have never seen anything like that. I have sat on my couch and watched Red Zone for probably seven, eight straight years. I've watched every Giants game since 05. I have never seen anything like this where a, a coach runs a quarterback sneak in like the second or third quarter on his own four-yard line. It's just crazy. Like sometimes you'll see that like late in games. Like we saw that in the um, the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl because they intercepted at the one yard line, got the ball on the one, and then they, like they had the QB sneak their way to get out of the end zone. I get that. That was to close out the game. But to do it in like the second or third quarter in this moment, like this, I mean, this was like this was horrendous. So yeah, I don't know. It, it made no sense. And Joe Judge is a coward. We've known we've known that for a while. I've really got I really caught on to the whole Joe Judge is a coward thing since week three when he punted on Atlanta's 37 yard line on a fourth and two in a tie game. So this is no new news to me. But this is like the nut low for a guy like Joe Judge. So that was very horrendous to watch. And there's no excuse for it. I don't care if Jake Fromm's your quarterback. You are three and 13. Take a shot. If he gets safety to get safety, who the hell cares at this point? Just take a shot. You're gonna basically just give up you might as well punt on third down you know maybe we get lucky maybe Jake Fromm throws a pass and it causes a pass interference maybe Jake Fromm makes a nice throw and we get we convert the first down you running back-to-back quarterback sneaks on your own three and four yard line just shows your team hey guys I have no confidence in you but continue to play hard for me like what is that why if I'm a Giants player why am I still playing hard for you coach judge if you're going to run quarterback sneaks on second and uh, nine and, and third and eight on our own three and four yard line in the third quarter like why you're not trying to win so why, why should I try to win why should I put my body on the line if you don't give a damn you know what I mean like that would drive me crazy I'm like you know what I could see why some players want this guy gone he's a freaking clown as a lot of people have said um talked about the Jake Fromm uh, we had a pick six too I actually forgot to mention that yeah Jake Fromm threw a pick six I mean it's no surprise it was basically a quick out route the one corner I think it was a slot corner undercut it took it back it was you know whatever no no surprise there um had the Eli Manning tight fumble, the one that fell out of his hands. I talked about that. Talked about Joe Judge having the first 13 loss, uh, you know, Giants coaching season. So that was not good. I, I did not mention this, but Kenny Galladay, there was a deep ball in like the third quarter. Kenny Galladay was given a pretty nice ball for the most part by Jake Fromm. And it was a little out in front of him. And Kenny Galladay just gave no effort, just like one of these, and just like let it go. Now, Kenny Galladay is a guy who signed a $72 million contract. I'm sure a, a ton of money was guaranteed, probably like 40 something million dollars was guaranteed. The least you can do is at least show effort for that football, like you care. Like, we're paying this guy a ton of money, like $18 million per year. And I know we're in the last game of the season. You want to stay healthy going into the offseason. I get all that. But you can't show us effort on a deep ball like that where Jake Fromm actually gives you a catchable deep ball, which is rare, so you might as well take advantage of it. He gives you a solid deep ball. You can't even lay out for it or, like, maybe show some more effort. Just It was just like this. He just didn't care. Like, just clearly, like, Kenny Galladay just did not give a damn. It was, like, whatever to him. I, I get it. You're 4-13. and 13. You're not going anywhere. But, like, still... You could have shown some more effort. And when we're paying you this much money, 
you want to see more. So I was a bit disappointed. I can I could understand if Kenny Galladay was like um, on his rookie contract, contract year, was awaiting a big payday and didn't want to get injured for a team that stinks. I get that. But you already secured the bag, Kenny. You have the money. So you can't, even if you get hurt, you're still getting a ton of money. Like if you, if you for some reason, like, I don't know, broke your arm on that player, whatever would happen, you're still going to recover in time for next season and you're still making a ton of money regardless. So like you, you couldn't do that for us. You know, like seeing that lack of effort from a guy you're paying that much money, supposed to be one of the leaders of the team, I did not want to see that. So that, that was just another crappy effort. And Joe Judge talks about, oh, these guys play hard. These guys are not quitting on me. Well, I, I saw otherwise, Joe. That was very embarrassing right there of an effort by Kenny Galladay. I just saw his name. I forgot about this. But Adoree Jackson made a nice play in this game. He kind of blew up a screen play. It was a dangerous play. Like the one receiver was kind of running like a kind of like a bubble screen type play. He was looking back for the ball, and Adore Jackson just rocked him, and it was an uh, incomplete pass because he was throwing it forward. But, yeah, I mean, he, he made a nice play there, great anticipation by Jackson. But um, outside of that, not much good to talk about. Um, you know, obviously for us Giants fans, the main thing is talking about um, Joe Judge and his future here. Obviously, Gettleman's going to retire tomorrow. I should have time to make a video tomorrow. Um, I'll probably get home around like 5 tomorrow. The Nets play in Portland, so that's like a later game. So I'll probably have time tomorrow to make a Gettleman is fired or retired reaction. So we'll get to that. And I'll just kind of reminisce on how that guy has ruined my life for the past four years. And I'm sure many of you as well. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that if it happens. Um, and Judge, I mean, look, we'll find out when that happens. I mean, I don't know if and when he'll be fired. Like if he is fired, I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow, four days from now, five days. I have no idea. We'll find out. But I do hope Judge is fired. This organization so badly needs a, a complete overhaul. And I'm telling you, if Judge is back next year, it's going to be hard to buy in as a Giants fan. It really is. Like, I just don't think he's a good head coach. I don't care if you give Joe Judge talent. I don't think he's a good head coach. And, you know, if he goes off and succeeds elsewhere, good for him. But I don't see it happening here. So, um, hopefully the Giants just get it right. I mean, we sit here now in a pivotal offseason, just like the 2018 offseason where the Giants went with a new head coach, new GM. Those are pivotal offseasons for a team. And if the Giants somehow hire the right GM and hire the right head coach, they actually could be a good team in like two years. It's not impossible. Like this is not going to be a five-year rebuild. If they get the right GM, get the right head coach, they can get back on track by 2023. All right, next year might be like the rebuild year, you know, shed salary, draft guys, hope they pan out. In 2023, the Giants might actually be a competitive team. They have to get the GM right though. If they don't, it's going to be more losing. Like if they go out there and hire Lewis Riddick or something, it's probably not going to go well. So that's the unfortunate truth. But if John Mara somehow gets the GM spot right, hires a guy that we want, like a, a Joe Hortiz or an Ed Dodds or a Mike Borgonzi or a Joe Shane, hire someone that's actually very worthy of the job and not just some idiot in the Giants building, then maybe we'll be a good team in a couple years. But if not, it's probably going to be more pain, more suffering, more losing, and the usual here. So, John Mara, I am begging you to please get it right. That's all we want as Giants fans. We don't care. Like, I personally don't care if the Giants have to rebuild for one or two years. I don't care. I just want to get this done the right way. I have patience, all right? If the Giants build it the right way, I, I have patience. If you rebuild the right way, I can definitely be on board with that. I'm fine with having patience for another couple of seasons, whatever. Just build it the right way, all right? If you build it half-assed like Gettleman did, that's when I have no patience because Gettleman tried to win and rebuild. You can't do that, all right? You got to pick one or the other, so... If we do have to hire a new GM, which we will, and new GM wants to completely rebuild and he does it the right way, that's fine. I pretty much prefer that because they can do the, um, 
you know, get better quickly thing and, and try and trade for a Russell Wilson or trade for a Derek Carr or something like that. And sure, that might get them to the playoffs, but that probably doesn't have like a Super Bowl ceiling. So all I'm saying is that if they get a new GM and he wants to rebuild and does it the right way, I can get behind it. No problems from me. And I'm sure many of you guys feel the same way. So that'll do it. Once again, thank you that the season's over. Um, for those of you who watched these videos weekly. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. I'm sure it's, it's, I know it's very tough to be a Giants fan these days, but for those of you who still support the channel and all that, I appreciate you guys very much. I actually never thanked you guys for 25,000 subs. It's awesome. I never thought we'd reach that, but um, I didn't want to make like a whole video about it. It's not that many, but still, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's cool to get there. So I appreciate you guys who are very loyal, continue to watch, although this team sucks. And hopefully one day in the near future, I can be more positive to you guys and react to these games in a better way. So hopefully those those days come and it starts with who we hire a GM and head coach. So hopefully we'll get there very soon. Anyway, thank you guys. Um, probably a video coming out tomorrow, assuming Gettleman is retired and I'll talk to you guys next time.